0: Hello again, it's Peter Bergman. time for Radio Friyaz's daily podcast this for November 2nd, 2011. Let's leave America behind for a moment and go across the ocean to Europe where they're in a whole pot of trouble. and yet the solutions to their problems seems to be instructive to America's situation. First, I want to quote the witty publicist of Radio Friaz John De who says, I think we should also beware of Greeks refusing gifts. And in fact, it is Papandreou's cabinet that has decided to refuse the deal offered them by the, basically the Germans, to bail out their sovereign debt in the short run in exchange for extreme austerity measures. Austerity on Greeks? I think this is trouble in the making. Anyway, it appears, at least to the curious capitalist in Time magazine, that Europe is not solving The euro crisis. Any hope that last Thursday's debt crisis agreement would finally quell the contagion raging through the eurozone was dashed almost before the ink dried. Only a day later, which was two days ago, Italy's borrowing costs actually rose to a euro-era high in a bond auction, a clear sign that investors were far from certain that the debt deal was a game changer in Europe. The leaders of the Eurozone appear to have botched yet another opportunity to convince the global investment community that they could tackle the crisis. So far, Europe's approach to the crisis has been primarily a combination of three elements. One, bailouts to provide liquidity and financing to debt-heavy governments and prevent a sovereign default, very much like TARP. I think you'll see that they're pretty much in the same basket that we're in, and <laughs> We're in the same basket therein. Number two, austerity measures and to a lesser extent, structural reform in the troubled economies. Well, that's what the GOP is asking for. A serious so-called deficit reduction and cutting entitlements and cutting social programmings everything that, that could help us. Well, there it is. Three, moderate reform to the way the monetary union functions, such as stiffer sanctions on those governments that break debt limits and closer coordination of national fiscal policies. We've tried that also. Dodd-Frank, a little bit of help, perhaps not enough, and even it is being slowed down by the uh, Republicans. So no help there. So says the curious capitalist. None of the measures taken to alleviate these three problems have been sufficient. The bailout fund has Never been big enough, TARP, an example. The reforms never extensive or credible enough, and the changes to the monetary union never strong enough. But beyond that, these issues are only part of the reason Europe is experiencing a debt crisis. The real causes are being ignored. Uh-huh, they're being ignored over here. Well, they're not being ignored, they're being denied. People are beginning to raise the issues. It's just that the reactionary right and the plutocrats that run them just deflect The truth, okay? The debt crisis in Europe has never been a liquidity crisis. That's why the bailouts have failed to stop it. Investors are fleeing the bonds of certain European countries because they believe their economies are fundamentally broken, simply uncompetitive compared to either stronger countries in Europe or the up-and-coming emerging markets. The same here. Corporations are holding $1.4 trillion worth of money, unwilling to invest in new jobs and new equipment because they know the demand is not there, and the demand is not there because $3 trillion disappeared from the market when the criminal housing bubble snapped. The criminals who made it happen, of course, are drawing huge bonuses in Wall Street right now. Okay, we move on. The real solution lies, says the curious capitalist, in zone-wide reform. Surplus nations also have to change to stimulate domestic spending and import more from the rest of the region, which would help the weaker countries grow and stabilize their debt. Weaker countries in Europe think of weaker industries in America that have been underfunded, that are falling apart, that need to be stimulated okay we're talking about true stimulus not short term which of course is needed to keep the teachers and the firefighters and the policemen etc on the job but long term structural reform keynesianism Not weaponized Keynesianism, but real Keynesianism that pump primes the real economy. Without it, we're not going to see any real movement in the United States. And if Europe goes down, and there's every reason to believe, if you consider the volatility of the stock market every time they make a little bit of a deal or somebody whispers in Europe, I think it's going to be okay, up we go, 300 points. And the minute the Papandeo cabinet goes, you eh, know, I just don't think so, everything goes down 300 points. It's volatility that's the problem. Oh, all you economic experts, you told us one thing, and now we learn that everything you know is wrong. Well, the debt crisis in Europe brought down John Corzine, yes, former governor of New Jersey, former senator from New Jersey who left Goldman Sachs as a bond trader with a personal fortune of $500 million, is in the dumpster. It appears that the hedge fund, MF Global, that Corzine Rand has gone bankrupt because he made some bad bets on European sovereign debt, say $6.5 billion worth. And now the FBI wants to know, where's the $700 million of customers' money that's missing. See, according to SEC regulations, you can't use customer money to hedge your bets, your private bets. And it appears that's just what Corzine's MF Global did. Here's the deal. When MF saw the writing on the wall, Corzine was making a deal. sell MF Global to another Wall Street institution and walk away himself with a $12 million golden parachute. But once the $700 million was found missing from the till and the FBI arrived, that deal went south. Another black mark on Wall Street. You know, I don't always agree with Ralph Nader, but he's come up with an idea wh- that actually I came up with a long time ago. Consumer advocate and former presidential candidate Ralph Nader says the United States needs to respond to the Occupy Wall Street protests by levying a new tax on speculation, arguing it could raise hundreds of billions in revenue and curb risky trading. Good idea, Ralph. The passage of such a tax would be a great start for our representatives in Congress to show that they've heard the message of the Occupy Wall Street movement, he wrote in a Wall Street Journal article. I can imagine a lot of the people picking up their Wall Street journals and going, Ralph Nader, shudder, shudder. As justification, Nader says the Wall Street firms are making record profits while millions of Americans remain unemployed and wages have remained stagnant for those who have retained their job. A speculative tax Nader argues, could help curb the wheeling and dealing on Wall Street and raise hundreds of billions of dollars in revenue to help with our country's economic recovery. Maybe it might. I think they need to be seriously taxed, not just because I want to discourage wheeling and dealing, but their wheeling and dealing puts us at risk. I believe that these people should be taxed also according to the amount of their leverage. If they're leveraging it 80 to 90 times in order to make a few little cents into a lot of cents off a simple arbitrage, they should pay 95, 97% of that back to the government. Nader, the seemingly perennial presidential candidate, also writes that the tax would dissuade risky speculative trading that contributes little real economic value. You're right, it's just moving money around from weak hands to these boys on Wall Street. Nader points out that high frequency trading and other such trading strategies now make up 70% of trade equity volume, which has grown enormously in recent decades. I heard that the average time of a trade on the New York Stock Exchange in and out now is 1.2 seconds. That's right, 1.2 seconds. It's interesting, in World War I, the average life expectancy of a second lieutenant going over the hill into battle was 1.2 seconds. Nader argues that a tax on speculation has already been proposed by Democrats, Representative Peter DeFazio in the House and Senator Tom Harkin in the Senate, but he doesn't think it's sufficiently high. They wanted a 0.25% tax on the value of stocks, bonds, and derivative transactions. Nader writes that he prefers a 0.5%. Those who oppose a speculation tax, such as the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, no surprise. Speak, according to Nader, for the 1% they represent, not the 99% whom Occupy Wall Street aims to elevate and who have to pay 5 to 8% sales tax on the necessities of life, argues Nader, who looks forward to a march on the U.S. Treasury on Thursday to rally for the tax. You go get them Okay? Now, let's close off with some good news. You've heard about the do-nothing Congress, okay? Not so. Not so. These boys are busy with important legislation bringing America to the front, solving our major economic social problems. The House on Tuesday easily passed a resolution that reaffirms, in God we trust, as the national motto. I'm Just so relieved. The measure, which passed 396 to 9, encouraged public buildings, schools, and government facilities to display the phrase. Of course, it's on all the money already. Its sponsor, Representative Randy Forbes, a Republican in Virginia, said the bill was needed because of a, quote, growing, disturbing pattern of inaccuracy and omissions surrounding the phrase. How do you mispronounce or misconstrue the small phrase, in God we trust. In dog we trust? God wears a truss? What is he talking about? He said it's not only been inaccurately performed, but it's been omitted. By who? By when? Passing the resolution again, quote, provided clarity amidst a cloud of confusion about our nation's spiritual heritage and offered inspiration to an American people that faced challenges of historic proportion, said Forbes in a statement released after the vote. Well, a time will come when atheists will get their due. They're allowed as a religion in the military. I believe there should be a special issue of atheist currency in which the term, in God we trust, is omitted. What do you think? I don't know. Sometimes I think everybody knows what's happening and sometimes I think that everything you know is wrong.